0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel Galveston. Bread for
1: the we don't get the right to determine who gets salvation and who doesn't get salvation. It is not up to us on who God extends grace and mercy to. It's not up to us. It's not our call. However, We can be just like the Israelites and think it is up to us. And we can be closed off to different people, groups and all that stuff. Why, because they don't deserve the grace of God? Huh, sounds kind of selfish.
0: Sounds really selfish. Who receives salvation is up to the Lord. In today's message from Pastor James, he teaches you that salvation is a gift from the Lord. No one can know the condition of another person's heart when it comes to their relationship with the Lord. Therefore, don't try to consider who gets salvation and who doesn't. Instead, leave that job to the Lord, who's the discerner of all hearts. Pastor James explains that he alone knows the nature of one's heart, and whether or not it's for him. Trust that he's got it. Now here's Pastor James in the Book of Jonah, Chapter 2, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: This was the end for me, but you, oh Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As I'm going down, as I'm hitting rock bottom, I can't go down any further. You can't go any lower. You can't go any lower. And in that, that moment, this is the breaking point for Jonah. And we know this from, from so many people, you know, if you, you ever hear of, of other individuals' testimonies and stuff like that, a lot of people hit rock bottom and they have to hit rock bottom. And that's where the Lord will, that's where the Lord will meet you. And see, as Jonah's going down, 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 all that good stuff, and he's like, it's over for me. It's, it's done. It's done. Lo and behold, God's just waiting for him. God's just waiting for him at rock bottom. He's just waiting. Jonah. All you got to do is call out, call out to me. Rescue is really only moments away from all of us, for all of us. All you got to do is just call out to him. All you got to do is call out to him. How long that takes and all that good stuff, it, it's different for different people. For some, it's in an instant. For others, it's time. It takes time. Jonah's in this fish, he's at the bottom. And he says, but, but it was there. But you, O Lord, you snatched me from the jaws of death. Snatched me up. You rescued me. You rescued me. Verse 7, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. So he's like, he's at the brink of death. He's rock bottom. And he's like, cries out to God. Because Jonah doesn't want to die. See, that's what we need to realize from this story he told the sailors, throw me over, and then all my problems are solved because I don't have to go to Nineveh. I don't, have to, I don't have to deal with those people. And so he's thinking by his life being taken away from him, his life ceasing, that that solves all his issues until he gets swallowed by this fish. And this fish is taking him all the way down to the bottom. And he realized, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to be in this fish anymore. I don't I don't want to be in this state anymore. What have I done? I love that in this this little you know reaccounting of this story, Jonah doesn't pray to be delivered from the fish. He doesn't ask God to deliver him from the fish. He doesn't. There's there's no account here at all of like saying, God, please get me out of this fish. It's my fault, my bad, I'm sorry. You told me to go to Nineveh. I didn't obey you. Now I got swallowed by this fish and I'm going down to, I'm about to die. Can you please get me out of this fish? He doesn't pray that prayer. He doesn't pray that prayer. All he does is offer up a prayer of gratitude to God. It's just a prayer, of, it's just in my earnest, my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. I remembered the Lord. It's essentially, he's like, I, I got my mind set back onto you. I, I redirected my heart back to you. My focus was back to you. There, he's at the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea inside this fish. It finally clicks. It finally dawns on him of like, what am I doing? What am I doing? You're, you're where you're at because you took your eyes off of the Lord. You're running away from God. Yeah, he's asked you to do something that is terrifying, that doesn't make any sense, and that in one sense is, I mean, it's, it's kind of social suicide. Is what God was asking Jonah, because you're the prophet for Israel, for the northern tribes, and you're going to go to the enemy to share about how gracious God is? When you come back home, nobody is going to like you anymore. Nobody's going to agree with you in one sense, because you went to the enemy. How dare you take our precious gospel and take it to people who don't deserve our precious gospel? That's That's... world he was living in. And I'm sure that factored into his life. But that mindset caused him to sin against God and to rebel against God. We don't get the right to determine who gets salvation and who doesn't get salvation. It is not up to us on who God extends grace and mercy to. It's not up to us. It's not our call. However, we can be just like the Israelites and think it is up to us, and we can be closed off to different people, groups, and all that stuff. Why? Because they don't deserve the grace of God? Huh. Sounds kind of selfish. Sounds really selfish. And we live, we live in the same world that they lived in. There are hostile threats all around us, just like they were for these guys, as Prevalent and as racism is in our world today, it was the same thing back then. People groups hated other people groups. That's how it's been since sin has crept into this world. But that doesn't mean we get to pick and choose who we share the gospel with. That doesn't mean that we exclude certain people groups just because we don't like them or agree with them. The gospel is good news to all people, regardless. I think there's, listen, we're going to get to heaven. There's a music video that I was playing. Um, I don't even remember what it's called right now, but it was like Chris Tomlin. You guys know him? And it was sung in all these different languages, if you noted that. If you were here and we played the music videos when you guys are showing up, just so it, but the same song, I know I'm blanking on this, but uh, anyways, whatever. But it's singing in all these different languages. But if you know the song, it doesn't matter what language it's singing, you know the song kind of think it's a really good picture of heaven when we get there. Well, everybody's going to speak English in heaven, right? <laughs> no. What? No. No, I don't know what language people are going to speak in heaven, but I'm sure it's not going to be exclusively English, right? It's not just like, heaven's not an American thing. It's not newsflash. It's not. It's God's thing. The creator of all nations, the creator of all peoples, Creator of, I mean, well, we know that we went through Genesis. We saw when languages were established and all that good stuff, language won't be a barrier in heaven. It's not going to be a barrier. I have no idea what language will be up there, but I think that we've got to get out of this mindset of like us and them, us and them. No, 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 it's us as Christians. And if there is a them, it's they're lost and we need to love them and Do whatever we possibly can to share this great gospel message with them, regardless of who they are. Jonah was picking sides. He's like, "No, I'm not going to go. I don't like those people. I don't agree with those people. They're our enemies. They don't deserve the gospel. They don't deserve salvation. They don't deserve it because they brought harm to us. It'd be like the same for us after. Can you believe it's only been 20 years since 9/11? Can you believe that? That is ridiculous. That's crazy. That's crazy. We're getting close." But it would be just like after 9-11, the Lord has a calling on you and says, hey, I want you to go and love on some Muslims. And be like, whoa, Lord, don't you know what they just did, right? No, see, it's, it's not debatable. It's not debatable. Whoever he calls you to go to and to share whatever message he has for those people, you got to just do it. You got to do it. He knows what's going on in our world. He knows all the stories. He knows more about the stories than what we know, okay? He's fully aware of what's happening within our world. We just need to trust him. Jonah should have been trusting him, but he didn't. He got swallowed by a fish. And now in the belly of the fish, he's like, man, I think I should just pray. I gotta get out of this thing. <laughs> I'm tired of being in this fish. This is stinks. This is horrible. Lord, I think I'm going to redirect my focus back onto you. Now, does this mean he's good and it's a good ending to the story? Not at all. Not at all, it doesn't take him long to go back to his selfish ways, but it, he's going to somewhat kind of cry out to God. I don't know if this is true repentance here or not, because we don't, there's no term that's used like that within this story, but he redirects his focus back onto the Lord. He even says in verse 8, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. So never substitute anything for God. Don't substitute anything for God. Numero uno. That's who God is in your life. The moment you turn your back from him to focus on something else, you're turning your back on his mercies. You don't want to be there. You don't want to, because you might hear the jaw scene coming up behind you. Dunna, dun-na, dun-na. It's like he's sending a fish to get you. And praise God he'll do that. Praise God he'll do that. Because he could leave you. He could leave you. But he loves you too much. He loves you too much. Verse nine, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. I love that. Nowhere, and we don't even, we never hear of any songs that Jonah sings, not in this story at all, not in this account at all, but he kind of goes back to that thing of like, man, Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, my focus has been off. My focus has been on me. And I'm in this fish because of my own doing. I need to get back to you. I need to redirect my focus back onto you. I need to sing songs of praise again, because my heart is wrong. And I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not where I'm spiritually, physically. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. The best advice I can give you guys, if you're in the belly of the fish, Cry out to God and start singing some songs about him. Return to that praise. Sing some songs to him. I had a guy who's a mentor within my life. Uh, when I first got saved, he kind of started discipling me. And I've been talking to him and all that good stuff uh, throughout all the years. It's been almost like 20 years now. And he was giving me some advice once when he's like, listen, he's like, man, he's like James, when, when the waves are crashing down on you, and the stress is just mounting within your life, and you're turning to that fear, and you're turning to that anxiety, and all that stuff. He's like, "Let me just tell you what I do. I just sing songs. I sing songs. I sing praise songs about Jesus." He's like, "It's the best medicine for my soul. I you know, just sing again." He's like, "Because what I find is that in those moments, I'm not singing any songs. There's no hymns in my heart. There's no songs of praise coming from my lips." He's like, what I found to work the best for me is that, man, I just stop and I just, I just start singing songs. He's like, that's the best thing you can do. And that's what Jonah discovered. I'm going to offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. Where's my song gone to? Where's your song at? Are you singing? Are you singing melodies within your heart concerning Jesus? Where's your song gone? Go back to that. Go back to that. Sing those songs. Sing them songs. It's good for your soul. It's the best way to get out of that fish. Pray. Sing songs. It's the best way. I will fulfill all my vows, my promises. I will fulfill all of my promises to you, Lord. I will honor the things I've said to you, the commitments that I've made to you. He does. He goes to Nineveh. He does what you know, God had told him to do. He does it begrudgingly. He's not the happy prophet. He's, not. He's the weird prophet who looks really weird because he was just in the belly of a fish for like three days and three nights. That will mess you up. We'll talk about that next week. Physically, the dude looks messed up. Okay, you're gonna run away from this guy if you see him coming. Skin's probably all bleached white. Probably has no body hair anymore because the stomach acids and all that stuff, the enzymes within there. So he's a bald, really white, you know, scary kind of guy. Like, and who knows if he had clothes? I don't know. He still had to go to Nineveh. So I hope he got some clothes along the way because, I mean, it all could have been gone. And he's just this weird guy walking through Nineveh. but he's going to fulfill his vows. He's going to do it. And I, I love this, this little last part from verse 9. For my salvation, and I, I think I more appreciate the way your Bible, New King James, or the ESV translate this translates this, but he does say, for my salvation, my deliverance, and essentially what he's saying is, me being rescued from this fish comes from the Lord alone. But the other way to translate that is, salvation comes from the Lord salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation is given by God. And I appreciate that translation a little bit more because it places greater emphasis on the entire story when you realize that he's going to Nineveh to proclaim to those people, listen, if you don't repent in eight days, God's gonna wipe you out. And what do they do? They all repent, man, woman, child, cows. Everybody's repenting in Nineveh. It's crazy. Why? Because salvation belongs to God. And Jonah, that's why I appreciate that translation a little bit more, because to me, it communicates that it's at this moment that Jonah finally realizes, like, you have no right to run, to run away from God. You have no right to not go to Nineveh. You have no right. Because salvation doesn't belong to you, Jonah. Salvation belongs to God. And if he tells you to go to Nineveh, you better go to Nineveh because it's his free gift to give to whomever he pleases. You're the messenger. You don't get a say in one sense. You can say no, and you can run away. God might have his fish follow you to get you back to where he wants, or he may just choose somebody else, and you miss out because that happens too. He doesn't have to pick you. He doesn't have to. He can use anybody else he wants to, If he has been so gracious within your life to say, hey, go to Nineveh and proclaim this message, you should be totally in gratitude towards him, appreciative of him for even asking you to do that, because he doesn't need you. He doesn't need you. He wants you. He wants you to do it. It's brilliant. It's amazing how good God is. Salvation comes from the Lord alone. We don't get to pick who gets saved or not. We don't get to pick who's deserving of of salvation. We don't get to pick that. It's God's. It's his gift. And we all, if you've received that free gift, we all should be totally thankful for that, that he was willing to do the greatest thing of all and actually come and to die on the cross for our sins, to save us. Amazing. Verse 10, if you don't believe in the grace of God, if you don't think the grace of God's in the story... Verse 10 highlights the grace of God. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out or to vomit Jonah out onto the beach. Now, again, I've clarified this. I'm no marine biologist, but I do know this. There's two ways out of that fish. And God was gracious to Jonah. You just think about it. That was an act of mercy and grace on God's part to be like, just throw him up onto the shore. I don't need to elaborate on that but you know what I'm saying. That's the grace of God, okay? The Lord ordered the fish. Fish's job is done, done. The fish was totally obedient to God. Hey, fish, go get them. Fish gets them. Just keep them until he he finally taps out. When he taps out, puke them up onto the shore, and then you go about your business. Fish did everything that God told the fish to do. The wind and the waves did everything that God had told them to do everybody was obedient in the story of Jonah, except for Jonah, okay? But here it is. So he gets vomited back onto the shore. He still has 500 miles to go, unless somehow, and I don't know if this is possible or not, that fish rocketed Jonah to the doorstep of Nineveh. But I don't think that that happened. What I believe, because unless there is some sort of channel or waterway to get Jonah closer, but he still has to walk to Nineveh. So when you're rebellion and trying to run the opposite way of God, he can get you back to point A. You still got to go on the journey. You might as well just start walking on day one. You avoid all the nonsense. You avoid all the stuff, the storm in the middle of the sea and almost drowning and getting swallowed by a fish. And how traumatic that must have been for this man, Okay, How traumatic. But you could have avoided all that and just on day one, start walking in the right direction. But Jonah's life is so much like mine, so much like mine if this map was a representation of my life, there would be like all these dotted arrow lines and all that stuff all over the place of where I've tried to run away from God. And he's been so gracious to me to say, no, 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 you go where I want you to go. And I'll close out with this, our journey here to Galveston, because this is the most recent for us. It's been four years now since we've came down here. My wife and I knew God called us to Galveston. Now, Galveston is no Nineveh, okay? So please don't be offended by that. But Galveston is no Nineveh at all, okay? But we knew, like, he's calling us from, we didn't even live in Amarillo, Texas. We lived in Canyon, Texas, population of like 13,000 people. And that's if the college was in session, right? (laughs) We have the Division II, West Texas AM up there, okay? So small town in the panhandle. And I worked at a church in Amarillo, yeah, for 15 years. And God says, you're going to Galveston. You're going to Galveston, back to your old stomping grounds, where when I lived in this area, in Angleton more specifically, I was not saved at all. Not at all. God says, you're going back. And so my wife and I, we had decisions to make. And in our mindset, we're thinking, Okay, how close to Galveston can we get without actually having to live in Galveston? And the Lord, and we knew, we knew, because, and the Lord clarified it to us. He says, I've called you to Galveston to live in Galveston. You will go to Galveston. And we knew, even if we got to as close to the island as we could, but we still weren't on the island, we would be in disobedience to God. And he would get us here. And there could have been a really big fish to swallow all of us, to spit us out (laughs) onto the shores. But we knew you called us to Galveston, so you'll take care of us in Galveston. You'll get us there. You'll answer all our questions, so to speak. And there's still questions, you know, not that he has to or anything like that, but we knew this is where we're supposed to be. Not as far as close to Galveston as possible and kind of doing, no, it was, we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here. And anything else, anything otherwise than that would be disobedience. And so we said, okay, we'll go, we'll go. It doesn't make any sense to us, but we'll go. And the Lord's so good. The Lord's so good in the story. Our story is still unraveling, so to speak. It's playing out. The Lord is good, and I can testify to that. Man, when the Lord calls you to go somewhere or to be somewhere or to do whatever it is that he wants you to do, it may not make sense, it may be terrifying, but I could tell you this, your obedience to that call is the best thing you can possibly do. It's the best thing you can possibly do. What we didn't realize were all the people that were watching us as we left, because I just got to go back up there a week, couple weeks ago and to hear back from all the people saying, your guys taking that step of faith woke us up out of our slumber it encouraged us to take a step of faith too. We didn't even know, we didn't even know. So if he calls you to go somewhere, to do something, to be somewhere, to do whatever it is that he wants you to do, just obey, just obey. It'll save you from being, ending up in that fish's belly. But if you are there, there's a way out. Just redirect your focus back onto him and call out to him. Start singing songs again. Start singing those songs again.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James as we journey through the book of Jonah. If you'd like to listen to today's teaching again or hear more from Pastor James, you can visit our website at breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the Teachings tab. There you'll find a variety of verse-by-verse Bible-based teachings. Maybe you're like Jonah, and you're wrestling with the call that God has on your life. Or maybe you've been running from God, and you're ready to come home. We'd love to walk alongside you and encourage you in your faith. As believers in Jesus, we're called to gather together and pray, encourage, and help one another through life. This is what we believe at Bread for the Broken and Calvary Galveston, the church behind this ministry. If you're looking for a new church home or simply someone to connect and pray with, we'd love to be that person or people for you. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we'd love to have you come visit. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Our atmosphere at Calvary Galveston is relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. For more information, please visit breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so please drop us a note and let us know how you heard about Bread for the Broken and how we can be praying for you. Just visit our church website at breadforthebroken.com and click on the contact tab to fill out our form. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.